The Boston Bruins prepare to host the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL Winter Classic. We have a full preview of the game from both sides and a look at the Red Hot Washington Capitals as they get back into the race in the Metropolitan Division. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. The Pittsburgh Penguins heading up to Fenway Park in Boston to take part in the Winter Classic. And Hunter Hodes joins us to discuss that. Happy New Year to you, Hunter. Yes, Happy New Year. And you know, I love the Winter Classic, and I'm glad the Penguins are back in it for the first time in quite a while. Yeah, it should be great to have them there and, and get some great national exposure. And Fenway Park couldn't ask for a better venue than that. Historic and, and exciting. But Tough time right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Four-game losing streak, some injuries affecting this team. Let's start with the injuries. Chris Letang uh, listed officially as day-to-day. Do you think he plays in the Winter Classic? It's a great question, Gil. Um, I would probably lean towards no. I don't know if they're having a full practice today. I feel like, uh, well, Sunday at least. I don't really think they're having one um, on the day that we're recording this. But I would probably say no just because, um, you know, it's day to day, but, you know, maybe they'll do something for a morning skate or something, or, you know, maybe they're practicing a bit later on in the day. But if I I have to take a guess, I think it's going to be a no. I don't really know how severe it is. It's day to day. So it's, you know, it's not, it's nagging enough that he had to miss the last game, but, you know, it obviously affected them, you know, on the, on the back end, just because Jeff Petrie is also out. So that's two thirds of their right side are just not playing. Um, Latang has, you know, been playing really well ever since coming back from that stroke um, in early December. So, you know, not having him out there would be a big loss, and I, I just I don't expect him out there. Who is stepping up with Petrie and Latang out? How are they handling the right side? <clears throat> yeah, so you know, Mark Friedman, you know, he's been playing some more minutes. I think he's been very serviceable in the last few games. He's like a perfect number six, number seven defenseman in the NHL. Um, kind of like a well, he doesn't play like Chabber Weedle, but they're kind of like the same type of defenseman where, you know, if they're your number six or number seven, <clears throat> I think you're doing something right. Um, Ty Smith was just called up. He played in his first game as a Penguin last game. Thought he played fine. Would I have him run the top power play next game? No, I think POJ or PO uh, Joseph, excuse me, um, should be running that. And I think you will see that change um, made there. Um, Chabber Weedle, he usually would be on that right side, but he is also hurt right now day to day so three of their uh right side defensemen are hurt it's just a really bad time for you know left side though Marcus Pedersen I think has really been playing well um ever since he got up on that top pairing you know he's just been excellent for this team and they're finally giving Joseph some more minutes um thankfully he has crushed every minute that he has played this season and I think you will see him get more top four minutes um, in this one but you know for the right side Jan Ruta when he got when he got away from Brian Dumoulin the results change. And it's like, wow, 
He's not being brought down by the modern day version of Rob Scuderi anymore. <laughs> you put Mark Freeman up there on his natural side, even though he can play either one. That also works well. You know, Ty Smith, I think, can play on the right side as well. So, you know, they, they have options. It's just it's unfortunate that you know three of their mainstay righties are just out right now. So they have to move some of the lefties um over to the to the other side. Always challenging when they have to do that. What what about the four game skid? And and obviously, even before that, it's been a little bit of a struggle for this Penguins team. Why so hot and cold besides the injuries, which is an obvious reason? Yeah, I mean, they, they were playing very well before this four game losing streak. I believe they went 15 and three and two in their last 20 games, something like that. They was rattled off seven in a row, 11 or 13, something like that. But, you know, it, it, these, these stretches just come and go for teams. Um, it's a four-game sample size, so I'm not reading too much into it. But, you know, they still have stuff um, to clean up. I think the power play really doomed them against the Devils. Nine power play opportunities. They got outscored one nothing. That's embarrassing when you have all that talent up there. I think that's the main reason they lost. Credit to the Devils' penalty kill for getting the job done. But the Penguins, I think, gave that game away. Islanders won. I think they just laid an egg. You know, that's, you know, people always talk about how the Islanders have given them fits over the years. And I'm like, yeah, that's well past. You, you can go well back before 1993 to see that happen. And I don't want to talk about that on, on this. Um, you know, then the kid, the, the two games against Carolina, um, you know, 50 fifties that they just lost. They should have won that game at home about 10 days ago. If I recall correctly, they just gave up that goal with four minutes left, lost in overtime. The one before that um, <clears throat> they lost, um, in Raleigh, you know, that, 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 that happens, uh, sometimes. So, you know, they just, they got to get back on track here. Um, it doesn't help that the injuries are really killing them. And, but, you know, it also doesn't help that, you know, Brian Dumoulin has really just been costing this team goals whenever he's on the ice. Um, it's, it's gotten to the point where he's probably not even playable right now, but they have no choice because they have so many defensemen hurt. So, you know, they got to get healthy first and foremost. Their five-on-five scoring is mostly fine. But when the top six isn't doing their thing, you leave it to the bottom six. And with how Ron Hextall designed a team where he wants it to be very low-event hockey, sometimes the bottom six is not going to pick up the slack. So, you know, that's, I think, been part of their struggles um, these last few games. Um, And I'll be curious to see if any of that changes on Monday against who I think is the best team in hockey in the Boston Bruins. Yeah, they certainly do look that way. Is, is there any player, I mean, look, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, these guys have been in a number of outdoor games already. It's probably old hat for them. But are there any players on this roster that this game will be a very big deal for, or maybe because it's in Boston will be a big deal for? I muted myself there for a second. We can probably just screw that up. Um, but no, um, I think Brian, this is actually probably a big game for Brian Dumoulin. It's funny, you know, I, I don't mean to dump on him so much because he has played such great hockey over the years here for the Penguins. But, you know, he's from uh, the New England area. I think he's probably going to have a lot of friends and family there. He's going to want to try to put on a show for them and have his best game of the season. I definitely think this is a big game for him. Mike Sullivan as the head coach. He is also from the Boston area, coached the Boston Bruins in his um, his first NHL head coaching gig. So I definitely think this is big for him. Obviously, if you go off the ice, who owns the Penguins Gill? The Fenway Sports Group. So this is kind of a big homecoming for them. You know, Fenway Park, they own the Red Sox. They're playing at there. You know, they own the hockey team. So that's 
obviously a pretty good wrinkle. Those are the two that really <clears throat> jump out to me right away with Mike Sullivan and Brian Dumlin. You know, Sid, obviously, you know, the last winter classic that he played in, you know, we, you know, or one of them, you know, we all know what happened in that when we suffered the concussion. Um, so, but, you know, the year before that, we also saw what happened, well, two years before that, excuse me, we also saw what happened in Buffalo when he had the shootout winner, um, which was probably, I think, one of the best moments of the Sid Gino era, to be honest. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I love watching this on TV. I will never go to a Winter Classic game because I wouldn't want to sit out there in the cold, and I also think it's way too far away to see the puck. Uh, I probably wouldn't even know what's, what's going on, to be honest. But I do think, you know, especially for Dumoulin and Sullivan and just honestly the core players as a whole just because they haven't played a Winter Classic in a while, I, I, I think this is a really big deal. Yeah, it should be a, an entertaining game, and we're all looking forward to it. Hunter, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners – where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at underscore Penguins. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, um, Amazon Music now, uh, ad-free on there. So you can go check that out. And, you know, we'll have another ep- – we'll have an episode right after the game ends. All right, looking forward to that. Hunter Hodes, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker, and I wanted to be able to take something that didn't involve taking five, six, seven pills a day in order to get the nutrition that I need. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And welcome back to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show Ian McLaren, the host of Locked On Boston Bruins. And Ian, you know, we were just talking before we started recording. The Bruins are a little off, and I'll put that in air quotes. They're 7-0-3 in their last 10 games. How good is this team right now? I mean, they're so good that even when they're not playing their best, as you said, over the last few weeks, uh, they're still picking up points. Uh, And... Saturday's game against the Buffalo Sabres, probably one that they should have had. They were outplayed Buffalo for the majority of the game. Uh, Buffalo's goalie stood on his head, uh, but they still managed to get a point in the overtime loss. And uh, 
you know, put it this way. They're so good that the Carolina Hurricanes went, I believe, 12-0-1 in the month of December. And they're still, I think, six points or five or six points behind the Bruins. And the Bruins have games in hand. So, um, you know, you have to be near perfect to top this team at the moment. And even when they are, quote-unquote, slumping, uh, they're still picking up points, which is just making it that much more difficult for anybody to to try and catch up with them. Yeah, very impressive. And still have not lost at home in regulation this year, 18-0-3, as we're, you know, halfway through the home schedule. We have the Winter Classic coming up. Mm-hmm. Will playing at Fenway be a little different, or do you think the home ice advantage will still hold for them there? I mean, certainly it will be a bit different. They'll have the the crowd on their side. Uh, the atmosphere will be obviously pro Bruins, but you just never know with uh, playing outside. It's obviously not the same as having, uh, you know, the stands kind of all around you. It's a bit more spread out. Uh, there's different factors like wind and sun and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of more of a level playing field, uh, literally when it comes to the winter classic playing outdoors, not necessarily a true home game, especially when you consider the fact that, uh, you know, Fenway sports group owns the penguins. So literally it's the penguins playing in a baseball diamond that's owned by their ownership group. Uh, but still, it'll obviously be a pro Bruins uh, crowd and, um, you know, not the same as playing in TD Garden. Uh, so it's kind of hard to count the record the same no matter what happens. But uh, they'll still have uh, they'll still want to put on a good show for the home crowd, especially considering the last Winter Classic that was in the Boston area. They lost to the Montreal Canadiens at at Gillette Stadium where the, the New England Patriots play. So they'll definitely be looking to uh, to put on a good show and come out on top here against the Penguins. What does it mean to Bostonians and to this organization to be playing at Fenway Park, one of the most famous and historic ballparks in, in the world, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge. I, I don't think you can undervalue how much this opportunity means to some of these guys. We saw Patrice Bergeron come back for this season. And he admitted that the opportunity to play once again at Fenway was was huge for him. Uh, David Krejci returning from, from Czechia. These are guys that had the opportunity to play in the other game at Fenway back in 2010. Uh, That was the year before they won the cup, obviously, but it was, part of their upswing and I know a lot of these guys want to make good on this opportunity for Bergeron Krejci uh, to give them you know as many positive memories in in this season as possible and uh, for the young guys as well some of these guys will be playing in their their first winter classic their first outdoor game um, just to be surrounded by uh, so many Bruins fans uh, in this outdoor environment that brings back a lot of memories for these guys playing uh, on ponds growing up. It, it'll certainly be a special experience for sure. No question about that. Uh, Got to ask, you know, there were so many Bruins 
who are having great seasons, but David Pasternak seems to be on a completely different level right now. 25 goals, 50 points in 36 games. What has been the the difference in this season for Pasternak, who was already playing at a very high level? Yeah, I mean, for the entirety of the 2022 calendar year, he scored 57 goals, which was up there with Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews as the most prolific goal scorers in the NHL. Uh, last season, he got off to a uh, a slower start, which is completely understandable because he and his partner uh, went through some personal tragedy, uh, losing their infant son. And that took a toll on him emotionally, physically. Uh, and before New Year's, Last season, he only had eight goals, and then he went on to score, I believe, 32 over the, the remaining stretch, 25 to start this season. And um, obviously, his impending unrestricted free agent status plays a role in this. He, he's playing for his next contract. Uh, as much as he would say it's not at the front of his mind, that has to play a role in it. And he uh, wants to be compensated among the top players in the league and he deserves to be as well. So I think another part of it is just the depth that the Bruins have at their disposal. The ice is a bit more opened up with, uh, you know, they have the luxury of playing Taylor Hall on the third line right now. Uh, <laughs> Pasternak's on the second line and with their defensemen getting a bit more involved in the play as well, it just opens things up for everybody. And he just, whenever he has the puck, it looks like he could score on any given shift. Uh, he's been that good this season. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he keeps it going. And hopefully he and the Bruins can come to an agreement here on a on a multi-year contract to keep him in Boston for, for his entire career. He would certainly get some pretty impressive offers if he were to hit mm -hmm. oh, the for open sure, market. Yeah. Yeah. With the outdoor game, do you think the Bruins will approach it any differently stylistically as a game plan? I don't think so. They might, uh, you know, if the conditions are are not great, then perhaps they'll, you know, make less stretch passes or, or things like that. But I think um, these guys, they always seem to approach every game the same. They're very even keeled and that's a credit to the leadership group. I think they will, the message will just be enjoy the experience, kind of keep it simple, play your game and, you know, don't try to put on too much of a show where you're kind of coughing up the pocket and causing some odd man rushes the other way, but uh, keep it simple and help everybody kind of go home uh, feeling good about the experience with, two points, and uh, most importantly, everybody's staying healthy as well. Always a key. Ian, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Locked on Boston Ruins is available on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find it on YouTube at Locked on Boston Bruins. And uh, you can find it on Instagram, Twitter, at Locked NHL Bruins. I'm at Ian C. McLaren. All right, Ian, always a pleasure. Happy New Year to you. You as well, Gil. Take care.
It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Capitals, Dan Holmey. And Dan, 8-1-1 one one in your last 10. The Capitals seem to have found their groove. What's been the big difference during this last 10-game streak? So the biggest difference was uh, that Peter Laviolette had a meeting with the team and they said that, you know, basically you guys are responsible. We're going to give you the plays. It's up to you guys to execute them. And they've been doing that and they've been stringing together some wins, some decisive victories, you know, not backing into victory. But, you know, you take a look at the win against the Canadians where they beat them. The score was nine to two, I want to say, at the end of the game. And uh, it's just a team that's buying into the message that Peter Laviolette is selling. And it's a team that is getting wins despite the myriad of injuries facing the team. Yeah, they're still without a lot of different players. I mean, Nicholas Backstrom, Carl Haglund, Tom Wilson, John Carlson even out, TJ Oshie day-to-day. It seems like there's a lot of guys who are missing from this lineup. Who are some of the players who have stepped up and filled in these gaps? So the biggest uh, pleasant surprise, I would say, is Eric Gustafson um, on the blue line, where he didn't score a goal the entire season, and then he scored a hat trick in one game, and then he scored another goal the game after that. So four goals in two games. He has been a pleasant surprise. He has continued to get that production. The Capitals also did some bargain shopping. They picked up Sonny Milano, who was released from a PTO from Calgary, and Nicholas Abe-Cubell from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and both of those players have chipped in. Sonny Milano's got a good nose for the puck. He's got a high hockey IQ. And Nicholas Abe Cubell, when he first came here, I think he was trying to take on the role that Tom Wilson has as kind of that tough guy. Well, that landed him in a suspension. He has since kind of stuck to what he does best and be just a really great playmaker. So They're getting some production from Ovechkin, of course, but they're also getting scoring up and down the lineup. They're getting it on the fourth line from Dowd and Hathaway. Um, So it's just all, everyone's buying and pulling on the rope. That always does help. Talk to me a little bit about Dylan Strom and what kind of role he's had on the second line. So Dylan Strom uh, was a player that was brought in in Nicholas Backstrom's absence, and he has played a huge role, a great playmaker. Uh, He has vacillated between the second and uh, first line um, and has done a really great job on this team. He signed a one-year deal as, you know, I think honestly, of course, because Nicholas Backstrom is out and kind of to see what they have. But the good thing about Strom is that he can also play the wing. So even when Backstrom comes back, uh, which is going to be a lot sooner than anyone thought, he could always, you know, either slot down the lineup at center or he could possibly play the wing. A really pleasant surprise. The Chicago Blackhawks loss is the Capitals game. No question about that. Look, we, we can't talk Capitals without talking Alexander Ovechkin. This guy's not slowing down. I mean, what what is he doing so well this year that, you know, at, at this age and after all the games that he's played over the course of his career, he doesn't, other than the gray hair, he doesn't seem to be playing that differently than he did five years ago. And he got a hat trick in the last game. Ovechkin got a hat trick. His 30th career hat trick in second this season. Uh, it's Ovechkin's 30th hat trick and the sixth most points in NHL history. Alex Ovechkin now has 806. Uh, so he is just humming along and doing really great things. Ovechkin hit numerous historic milestones in December, finishing the month with 13 goals and nine assists through 15 games and recording points in 11 of those 15 matchups. 
Um, not only, but Ovechkin has also passed Ray Bork for the most shots in NHL history. So we all know that he is chasing down Wayne Gretzky, but it's not even that. It's the shots. It's everything. Most um, uh, shots and, and goals on the road. He is just, all these these milestones are happening you know, in within this season. And what that's all about is it's kind of the culmination of a lifetime in hockey and all of his hard work is coming to fruition. And now that is why you're starting to see all these milestones get knocked out one after the other, one after the other. Um, he is projected to, to pass Wayne Gretzky in the 24, 25 season. But if he continues at this clip, I think he's going to hit that maybe even sooner than anyone thinks. Very, very possible. You know, one question mark heading into this season for the Capitals was goaltending. And, you know, they go out and they get Darcy Kemper and no one was really sure how he would fare in Washington. And yet now, instead of one good goaltender, it looks like the Capitals have a pair. Talk to me about the goaltending and what, how they've contributed to the team's success. So we all know Darcy Kemper is a really great goaltender, won the Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche this year, but he faced an injury this season where he was slashed by Toffoli. And um, so what subsequently happened is he was taken out of the game and Charlie Lindgren stepped in. Charlie Lindgren, who is not necessarily a household name around the league, kind of came in. Uh, He was an AHL goalie for the Blues last season, but came here and solidified that net position. You know, he was a backup in name only. He was named one of the stars of the week. So a backup goalie. And, you know, we're talking about accolades, you know, throughout the entire NHL. So for him to be one of the stars of the week, just really great for Charlie Lindgren. And, you know, the big thing for me is solidifying a position that was so inconsistent last season. You know, you took a look at Sam Sonoff and Vanacek. Both goalies are actually doing pretty well on their respective teams. And, you know, I wish them nothing but the best, but the Capitals tried to retread that tire for two years and uh, they weren't able to do it. So to have Lindgren, to have Darcy Kemper here, really great uh, acquisitions and solidify that position. So you can kind of stop, you know, making excuses for this team that they're not winning because of their net minding. They are getting rock solid net minding in Kemper and Lindgren. Yeah. And, and it really has helped, you know, when we started talking before we started recording this uh, segment, we talked about some of the tough decisions that this team is going to have to make when some of the injured players get healthy who do you think is going to be the the odd player or players out once guys start coming back into the lineup? So I get asked that question quite a bit on YouTube and Twitter. You know, I'm talking about all these players coming back. So if I had to make a knee-jerk reaction right now, the odd man out, I would say Joe Snively, who's a depth player, Alex Alexiev, something like that. Um, also Anthony Mantha, who's a very hot and cold player. You know, he can, you know, go on a goal-scoring tear and then not score goals for like 10 games. Um, so he is someone, you know, I don't. I would say obviously he's not going to get sent to Hershey, but, you know, maybe on the trade market coming up potentially. Um, another player was one of the ones that they picked up. Uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel probably would be another odd man out there. Um, but they're, they are facing some tough decisions coming up here because you have Backstrom coming back. Wilson and TJ Oshie, they're going to need to find spots in there somewhere. Another player that's a bit hot and cold is Alexei Protus. Uh, he started the season you know, playing so well, so well, in fact, that they couldn't send him down to Hershey. He played that well, but he, you know, at times has not truly lived up to potential. So there are some 
uh, players and pieces that are going to get moved. I think ultimately it's going to have to do with how they're playing at that given moment because, you know, you could take Mantha and maybe we're recording this today. Maybe he's going to score 10 goals in 10 games coming up here and that will change everything. But, you know, my knee-jerk reaction right now would be the players uh, that I just mentioned. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. A good problem to have. Most teams would love to have it. Dan, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And of course, the podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just look for Locked On Capitals. All right, Dan Holmey, thank you so much for joining us. Happy and a healthy new year to you. Happy New Year to you. Thanks again for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins, Ian McLaren of Locked On Bruins, and Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals for joining me today. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday with the biggest stories from around the league. And every Friday, I co-host the show with Rachel Donner as we preview the weekend. And don't forget, every Monday through Friday, Locked On NHL is here with the biggest stories from around the NHL. Have a great day, a happy and a healthy new year. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.